The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined on this episode by a very special returning guest, none other than Terry's boy. What's going on, Philip? Not too much. What's going on, Don? Glad to be back. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Glad to have you here. Good, get well soon, Mr. Anwar Starwin. He's under the yes, weather. Yes, sir. So that's the reason why he's not joining us on this particular episode. But glad that I could pull Terry's boy in off the bench. Here's our Vinny Johnson of this show. <laughs> Microwave always coming in, ready to go. Firing on all cylinders. The cast of Strong Styles being brought to you by the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe to Cast of Strong Style through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and through all podcast apps. So Terry's boy, we had the big new beginning programs in Japan coming off the United States tour. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to go to the event here that they had in Raleigh. Um, mm. I had the media passes secured and everything, but just a scheduling conflict was my second job. I could not make it. Ah, I got to miss Marty Skrull show up unannounced. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got to miss out on one of the bigger happenings. I got to miss the Rock and Roll Express wrestling out there with Rapunga 3k there's a lot of good stuff that happened in that in that little show but nonetheless uh, they come back to Japan and they had two nights in Sapporo to kick off the three new beginning shows so night one we had an eight-man tag Zack Sabre Jr. El Despi, Katamaro, and Doki also known as Suzuki Gun versus Will Ospreay, Showin' Yo, and Taguchi also known as Chaos Super kicked by Will, Zack Sabre Jr. cuts him off and it immediately breaks down. El Despi is dumped as Yo follows with the plancha. Taguchi fights off Doki. We get a boom by Ye and that gets a two count. The Dodon by Taguchi connects and Chaos is victorious as he pins Doki. Fun eight-man tag match to kind of get the you know upper echelon part of this card started. I found it funny they didn't start with the um the young boys in this one yeah i i guess because that's probably the thing with the new japan roster being so stacked right now they're kind of like it seems like they kind of heard some of the feedback where you know do all these shows need to be like four or five hours so they're kind of like okay let's keep it focused on the bullet points we need to hit and We'll, we'll give the young guys experience on like the American tours and the smaller shows, so it'll bounce out in the end. Chaos and uh, Suzuki Gun, they always have good matches, no matter the combination. So you know, same, yeah. same deal here as always. Mm-hmm. Ryu Lee and Robbie Eagles, fresh new tag team, faced off against Hiromu and Bushi. 
They double team Robbie, but Lee makes the save. Lee and Hiromu go out to the floor. Robbie hits Turbo Backpack, and that gets a two count. The Ron Miller special follows. Lee hits a tope to Hiromu on the outside, and Bushi has to tap. And Ryu Lee and Robbie Eagles are victorious. This was fun. This was real fun. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you or people listening have been watching the backstage interviews, but Robbie is really coming into his own. Like, I always knew he was a great wrestler, but I guess teaming with Will and all that last year, he, he really is growing his confidence where now he's like, yeah, he was basically his backstage pro. Like, yeah, I know a lot of people don't know, but yeah, I've been killing in Australia for 15 years. I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world. Hiromu, I'm coming after you and thought it was very interesting that yeah they're really starting to put over his submission finisher the robinson special is like this is a move that can beat people because this what was that the second time in a row he tapped out bushi with that move yeah so yeah i'm liking it and obviously with will moving up robbie needs something to do so good to see him in the mix and he's not gonna fall by the wayside they New Japan clearly likes him, and uh, hopefully this is a good year for Mr. Eagles. Where can people find those backstage interviews? Uh, YouTube. It's, I think it's just New Japan World, their YouTube page, or also if you subscribe to New Japan World, they post them on the website, like usually the morning after the show. Okay. Yep. All right. Check those out, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever curious to get some more New Japan content outside of the main event interview segment that they always show during the broadcast. We have Kenta and Jay White versus Naito and Sonata. We get a side Saito suplex by Jay White. The Blade Buster follows, and that gets a two count. Sonata counters as Naito makes the save. It breaks down. The skull in by Sonata, but Gato distracts him and gets taken out. Sonata gets cradled by Jay for a two count. The TKO is countered by Jay. The skull in follows, but Jay counters again until Gato hits Sonata. And then Jay cradles him up and gets the win as Kenta and Jay White heal it up and are victorious over Naito and Sonata. Two biggest heroes in New Japan on the same team at the same time. Man, the people was not feeling them. No, they, they, they are really, really hating each other. I mean, Jay was already the most hated man, but yeah, Kenta really gained a lot in that beat down at Naito at the Tokyo Dome. A lot of people at first were like, well, he lost the issue, but that paid off. Ghetto again with the smart booking because that instantly turned Kenta into a main event level here where every time he comes out, people are just like, this guy. Go home, Kenta. Yep. <laughs> My, how the times have changed. Mm-hmm. Okada and John Moxley teaming up for the first time ever, going up against Taichi and Minoru Suzuki. The Death Rider is countered as it breaks down. Taichi follows with the backdrop driver on Okada. The John Woo drop kick by Moxley. Then we get uh, him and Suzuki standing in the middle of the ring, just hitting each other in the face for no good reason. They light each other up. Suzuki counters the Death Rider, and the sleeper follows. The Gotch Pile Driver connects, and Minoru Suzuki pins John Moxley. So, of course, 
that sets up a future title date between John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki. After the match, Taishi chokes out Okada, but Okada counters the Iron Fingers with drop kicks. Zack Sabre Jr. then attacks and chokes out Okada until Taichi lays out Okada with the Iron Fingers. Will tries to make the save, but he eats the Zack Driver, setting up the tag team match that we're going to have on the support the uh, New Beginnings card coming from Osaka Joe Hall. Taichi also hits the Black Mephisto, and he hits the Stretch Muffler on Okada on the ramp. Taichi then proclaimed that he's going to be Okada uh, the next night here in Sapporo, like when Okada was just a young lion. Good business right there. Yeah, like quite a good, good build. Like, well, Taichi went even further in his post-match promo. He was like, yeah, cancel the match, Okada. He ain't making it. Let, let's postpone it. Let's reschedule it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's let him rest <laughs> but yeah like yeah tai chi like we talked about last year big max tai chi he really kind of figured it out last year how to balance that kind of heel persona while still having good matches and obviously yeah again new japan does a great job of acknowledging their history because i didn't know previously that tai chi kind of had history like they went on their excursion on the same day and yeah, had a match twelve years ago before Kyle was the rainmaker, and Tai Chi kind of been holding that over him. Like, yeah, I beat you. How does that make you feel? You're supposed to be this god of New Japan. Evil and Ishi, they faced off against each other. Evil counters the brain buster into a German suplex. Evil then hits a half and half suplex and Ishii counters into a dragon suplex. Evil pops up, hits a headbutt, and a lariat for two count. Everything is evil is countered. They trade lariats, headbutts, and Ishii hits a huge lariat for two count. The vertical drop brain buster is next and Ishii gets the pin and the win over Evil. Um... Their typical hard-hitting, strong-style match. I love Ishii against anybody who's willing to take the punishment because the harder you hit them, the better the matches are. Yeah, pretty good match. Staying still for Ishii. I kind of feel like Evil kind of is regressing a little bit. Hopefully, he'll have something in the New Japan Cup. He kind of felt like, because he beat Ishii on previous games, it kind of felt like he relied kind of a bit more on his stick and like his usual move, whereas Ishii was trying to raise the level. So I think that that's what ultimately gave Ishii kind of the advantage in this one. But yeah, like like you said, typical, like if you like strong style matches, this, this was a fight. They Definitely. beat the crap out of each other. Big horse match. And then they felt that up with another fight. Yeah. Because Goto and Shingo wrestled each other for the never open weight title. We get some jabs by Shingo. That's followed up by some headbutts by Goto and the reverse GTR connects. The GTR proper is countered as made in Japan follows and Goto somehow kicked out. Last of the dragon follows. Shingo gets the pin and Shingo is your new never open weight champion 
I think this belt fits him perfectly because he can still wrestle some of the juniors. He can wrestle the heavyweights. You know, he can be very versatile in his opponents as the never open weight champion. All comers, basically. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what he said in his backstage interview that he basically wants to make the never belt like the bridge between the juniors and the heavyweight division. And he, he pretty much called out a bunch of names, including his, his old rival show, and pretty much told him, like, yeah, I don't think any of you guys are ready, but if you want to come fight me, you know where to find me. I'm Shingo. I'm always up for a good fight. And, uh, yeah. Going on again, there's, there's something about this Never title where he puts up some of his best performances. And this is another one, unfortunately, in a loss this time. But, yeah, I'm going to be real curious to see what, what happens with Shingo and the Never title. It's very interesting. And he brought up the fact that, yeah, like, eh, I'm a double Never champ. So, Naito's not the only person with two belts at LIJ now. <laughs> Shingo celebrates after the match. He's happy to have double gold, just like uh, Philip was talking about. He says this is his start. He will elevate this championship. Naito's championship is supposedly the top title, but he feels his new championship is. He will tell he will tear things up as a champion, and he will roar as the dragon. So all in all, good show night one. Really enjoyed those last two matches, semi-main events. I really love how New Japan just builds on the card. They don't believe in like, oh, we gotta have a come down match before our main event. They just kind of, nope. they just kind of build you up and build you up and build you up and build you up and build you up, and then the final match is the final match, and you, you, you're never like, oh man, I really could have used another buffer match in between this main event. I didn't have enough left to cheer for. For it? Nah, I never feel tired watching a. No, nah, not at all. Uh, just your final thoughts on night one of Sapporo before we move on to night two. Yeah, uh, good show. Like you said, good main events. The tag matches were good. Built up to the events that happened later. And you got a lot of good setups like Moxley and Suzuki. Their interactions are good. Uh, Jay White and. Sonata and Kenta and Naito kind of building up that. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, New Japan really knows how to, like, structure a show and give every show value, and this was a good show. Really strong main events. If you haven't watched them yet, I would say, like Don said, definitely go out your way to check out the two main event matches. Now we're going to move on to night two in Sapporo which was just as much fun as night one. Goto, Ishii, and Robbie Eagles face off against Shingo, Evil, and Bushi. It breaks down as Chaos takes control, isolating Bushi and working his knee. Robbie hits the 450 to the knee, and the Ron Miller special follows until Evil makes the save. It breaks down. We get stereo Ishigaroshis by Chaos, and Bushi has to eventually tap out to the Ron Miller special. Poor Bushi, man. He's having a rough couple uh, nights here. That knee of his has been through some some trauma. Yeah, he's getting roughed up. (laughs) (coughs) I mean, that's kind of his role right now in the juniors division. He's kind of like that gatekeeper guy that separates from, you know, the guys on the rise like your Murrow. 
and you know guys that they're kind of trying to build around like Robbie. So yeah, and somebody had to take the pin. So he's unfortunately drew a short straw. But uh, yeah, especially with Goto losing, we get more of him and uh, Ishii team together because that that double GTR they do looks absolutely devastating. Right. Yeah. Uh, every time I see it, I'm like, damn. <laughs> so yeah, ho- hopefully we get those two as a tag team or something because they they have really good synergy as a team. Yeah, they're a lot of fun together. I must have missed this, but apparently, like John Moxley became an honorary member of Chaos at some point because uh, he's tagging up with Sho and Yo and Taguchi to face Minoru Suzuki, El Despi. Kanemaru and Doki. Show takes out Doki. It breaks down. Mats and Suzuki are back in the ring and they're just kicking each other's asses. They take out Taguchi and they continue to brawl on the floor. Taguchi fights off Doki. We get the ass attack and the bum by yay. And then he applies the ankle lock and Doki has to tap out. And then, of course, after the match, Motsley and Suzuki, they just keep brawling. They're just oblivious to everything else. They don't know the match is over. I don't even think they knew the match started because all they did was just go right for each other and start fighting. No, Suzuki said in his interview, like he was waiting for somebody like Moxley. <laughs> somebody who can give him that fight. That's Suzuki's whole thing. Like, Tim, everything is wrestling and everything is a struggle and everything is a fight and pretty much He's just there to either kick the crap out of somebody else or somebody else kicks the crap out of him. And Moxley is much the same. So refreshed in New Japan. So feels like unchained, just, you know, free to do what he wants and how he wants it. And, you know, not so much restricted on what he can say and how he can wrestle and what he can present as his character. Best Damn. best move and ever. Definitely. And I mean, all fresh matchups. Like, Suzuki is a guy he never would have had a chance to wrestle before. Before he went to the Fed, he was a CCW guy. And Suzuki was a top guy in Japan. So, when would they have ever wrestled? And now we get to see that. Him and Archer, like, yeah, it's just he, he's getting to be the wrestler he always wanted to be and the guy he felt he always could be. And he's it, it's, it's paying dividends because he, he definitely adds something different that we haven't seen in New Japan in quite a while. Right, right. Naito, Sanada, and Takahashi, they faced off against Kenta J. White and Tachi Ishimori. Ishimori hits the back handspring kick and covers Sonata for a two count. The bloody cross is counted. Hiromu <coughs> runs in and attacks. LIJ fouls with triple teams and it breaks down. We get the big move buffet. Sonata hits the skull in on Ishimori and Naito, Sonata, and Hiromu. They get the win. Setting up the you know, two matches that were to come on the ninth, Kenta and Jay White. Uh, are having singles matches against Naito and Sonata, respectively. And uh, a little bit of Ishimori and Hiromu tease on the back end set up a little future uh, junior heavyweight title match, I'm thinking. But, you know, they tease it. 
they don't give yeah, it all like, to you. Yeah, Ishimori mentioned it in, uh, in his post match. He's like, yeah, no, no, you got Dragon Lee coming up, but after that, don't don't forget about me because I haven't forgot about you. I've been waiting for you to come back, Corona. So look out for the Bone Soldier. In my favorite match, because I just think these two guys are just so good and whenever they match up it's always a great uh, exhibition of styles clashing Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight title the Stormbreaker is countered into a guillotine Ospreay counters into a powerbomb for a two count Ospreay heads up top and the shooting star press connects for two count the Stormbreaker is countered but Sabre gets the Cobra twist he grounds Osprey, and just like in the G1, Osprey passes out, and Zack Sabre Jr. retains the Rev Pro British Heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Like it's amazing, Zach. Like just all the ways he can get in the submissions and counter, and like he brought up in his post-match interview. Like, well, obviously his main influences Lucha, but he did come up in the British style. He can do some grapples when he wants to, and yeah, I, I just like the kind of inner story they told, where like, like I said, obviously Will cannot out-wrestle Zach, but like Will brought up, like, Will has the power advantage, and Zach, that's kind of been his Achilles at times, is if, you're, if you can kind of counter his submissions, and Hit him a little bit. Like, obviously, he's not a big guy. He can't take too many punches. And, yeah, just just the finish was excellent. Where it just showed Will's grit. Where he didn't tap out. He just passed out. And But Zach, just just that skill. It's just incredible. Zach Sabre Jr. wrestles the wrestling style that I thought wrestling would evolve into. Instead of doing all the flips and dives and aerials, I always thought it would get more into the ground-based submission style holes. Because as a kid, you know, that's what wrestling was. It was an arm bar. It was a, you know, spin and toe hold. It was, a, you know, people actually grabbed holes and tried to make people submit and wear you down to get to your big finishing move. Instead of like the way wrestling is done now, where it's like, all these big ass flashy moves and then you know the end comes with the simple moves yeah well I mean there, there obviously is still companies that do that older style like all Japan but I mean New Japan that's what it was for the longest time under Noki but when business went down it, they had to switch it up they went with Tanahashi and Nakamura they had to add the more Flashier stuff and the impact moves. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's nice to have a balance and it's nice to have a guy like Zach to kind of even things out with guys like Will and Okada and Ibushi. So, uh, but, yeah. And, it, I mean, it helps them stand out. Like, <laughs> there's not a lot of guys that kind of can do that style. You basically exactly. got him. You got like uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. 
Timothy Thatcher, like mm-hmm. kind of a Walter. There's not only like a handful of guys, David Starr. There's not, there's not too many guys that excel at that style. So, I mean, it's obviously made Zach a, a prominent star in the business and probably a lot of money. So, Then our main event of the second night in Sapporo, we have Okada going up against Taichi. Okada counters the Black Mephisto into a spinning Rainmaker. The Rainmaker is then countered, but Okada fights and delivers strikes. Taichi hits a head kick. Okada counters the super kick, hits the tombstone, followed by the Rainmaker, and Okada is victorious. Dangerous T put on a hell of a match. Yeah, like the, the crowd, like at first were against him, but by the end they, they were wanting him to win. Like he, he gave another like phenomenal effort. Okada wrestled his typical match. I'm not sure. I mean, I get it's the main event, but I'm like considering their positioning, did Okada really need almost 31 minutes to beat Tai Chi? Like, yes. Maybe you could have could have shortened it a little bit. I mean, but does he? It's, it's yes. a Tai Chi. <laughs> Haven't you realized that Ty, uh, Okada doesn't get warmed up? He's like Ric Flair. He don't get warmed up till 20 minutes into the match. That's just his feeling out process. <laughs> True, but I'm just saying, like, you can mix it up sometimes, Okada. Like, you're great. You're probably the one of the top three wrestlers in the world, but we can mix up the formula. Like, <laughs> I don't have any, like I told Anwar, because Anwar was <laughs> complaining about the same thing about now, now that he's not the champion, do we have to have all these 45, 35 minute matches? And I'm like, hey, man, it's like watching a TV show when you watch or a movie. <laughs> an Okada match. It's going to be an epic. There's going to be an, a, a clear beginning. There's going to be a middle. There's going to be an end. It's never like one a hodgepodge of a thing where it just all runs together. You have to take it in for what it's worth. So I love Okada's long matches. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. I, I just, uh, especially like I said, with all the bill where they really tried to sell Okada is vulnerable. It, like I said, that if there's one flaw in his character, I kind of feel is he's been so dominant. You don't have that vulnerability you have with other main eventers like a Ibushi or Naito or Tanahashi, where it's like, okay, most circumstances they won't get beat, but you know, maybe think, this I will be tonight. I think he, I think he surpassed all that once yeah. he finally beat Tanahashi to win the belt. But prior yeah. to that. Yeah, he had all of that. But I think since the the long title run after he finally beat uh, Tanahashi may have started to chip away at that invincibility or that vulnerability, rather. Yeah, no, that's fair because the only guy who really seemed to get his number after Tana was Kenny who's gone. So, yeah, you have a point there. This is Cast of Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm joined by my special guest host this week, none other than Terry's Boy. You can find him on Twitter, at Terry's Boy, one of our favorite live tweeters. You can always find him in the hashtag underneath Cast of Strong Style uh, every time there is a big New Japan card 
So please get familiar with Terry's Boy's Twitter account and get that insight that he provides and that commentary with color on New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we're going to move over to the new beginnings card from Osaka Joe Hall. Start off again with uh, without the Young Lions on this card. Uh, we're going to have the New Japan Dads versus uh, their protégés, basically, as Tenzan, Nakanishi, Kojima, and Yuji Nagata faced off against Taguchi, Hanare, Makabe, and Hamna. Nakanishi, yes, Nakanishi goes up to the top rope, and he hits the big chop on Hamna. We get a lariat by Kojima, and they pin Hamna. So Tenzan, Nakanishi, Kojima, and Yuji Nagata are victorious. After the match, Nakanishi gets on the mic, Thanks to fans uh, and Osaka Joe Hall for always supporting him and coming out to see his final match. He says he's got one more match to go and he's going to give it his all. And, uh, you know, just says thank you again for supporting his uh, 20 year pro wrestling career. Yeah, fun match. Uh, the old guys are motivated. They obviously feel inspired by this Nakanishi retirement tour. Now, Homer said in the post-match interview, he wants to try and throw Nakanishi before he retires. Uh, and it seems like Homer is moving a little bit better, because uh, that running, like, little short time he does is looking a bit more crisper. I mean, obviously, he's still not back to where he was, but yeah, it's nice to see the other guys in the callback. Which I didn't know till I did some research. That whole Nakanishi doing the chop off the top rope—that was his tag team finisher when him and Nagata were IWGP tag champs. So obviously the Japanese fans recognized it and appreciated it. And yeah, it's a, a fun little opener. And Hanari continues to look good. So hopefully they do something with him finally. We've been saying that for like what the last couple of years, but yeah. it looks like he. He's another guy who threw his hat in and said, like, yeah, Shingo, I want to face you again for that never open title. And he's one of the few guys who said, like, yeah, uh, IWGP heavyweight title, IC title, that's an eventual goal. But I want to be the never champion. That is my goal. That is the championship I want to hold. So, yeah, hopefully this year, 2020 brings good things for young Hanare. Just uh, shows you how life is so cruel. You see Hamna physically get hurt, and you're like, oh, he's never wrestling again. When they remove the bottom ropes and slide him out of the ring on the back board, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, he is done. I physically just saw him not can't move. Yeah, he's not wrestling anymore. And then you see Shibata wrestle the match of his life and go, man, he just had the greatest match I think I've ever seen him watch. And then mm-hmm. you hear like oh he can't wrestle no more because he cracked his head open on the inside and you can't see that and it's just like oh and then you hear like four months later oh yeah Hamna's up and walking and he's gonna come back like by the end of the year he should be wrestling again like what just almost the same circumstance but two different results yeah it's like but Shibata walked to the back he was fine. He finished the match. So you yeah. thought, you know. Same thing with Hiromu. When he yeah. landed on his neck, I was like, mm, it looked like he might have just broken his neck. And then he continued wrestling. So I didn't even think anything about it. 
And then, you know, the next day or later, later that night, you hear like, yeah, Romo almost died. They had to take him to the hospital and rush him emergency surgery. He had a broken neck and it was real sketchy for a second. Like, whoa. Yeah, he, he said Rescue was going to stop the match at first, but then he, he said he got up and was like, yeah, I'm fine. I guess it was their drilling. But yeah, then when he got back to the back, it, it was rough. And obviously, he was out for a while, and we'll talk about him later. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you said, the wrestling guys are cruel sometimes. So getting back on track here with the second uh, match from the – uh, Osaka Joe Hall show. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match. Rapungi 3K Show and Yo. They faced off against El Dasperado and Kanamaru. 3K double teamed Kanamaru, and the 3K is stopped by Despi, who takes out Show. Show blocks the whiskey misc, and Yo flies to the floor onto Despi. Show Larius Kanamaru. Then we get this shock arrow for a two count. Yo heads up top, and the strong X finishes it off. As Sho and Yo finally defend and retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles over El Despi and Kanemaru. I really like this match from 3K because they showed a lot of aggression in this match. Mm -hmm. They jump-started the match. They didn't wait for uh, El Despi and Kanemaru to get the jump on them. They had a lot of intensity and a lot of aggressiveness that I don't think I've really seen from them, as really especially in a tag team title defense match. And it showed improved uh, for them in the end as they finally retained the titles for once. They didn't get beat and lose it. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, that, that Super J Cup last year like really helped them kind of doing more matches. They, they both kind of seem to be going on their own. And I like the extra angle where... With, they set up the whole knee injury with Show because uh, obviously we know he's aggressive and powerful, but I, I don't think Joe gets enough credit for how good of a seller he is because he, he really can sell like damage and hurt. And Japanese, I think that's when... He's the Japanese Shawn Michaels circa the Rockers. Yeah. <laughs> like he... And yeah, and obviously Punk 3K, that's their big part of fan base, the women. Man, uh, yeah, they, they, that's to me when they're at their best, when they're the underdogs and they set that up where Katamara and Desperado and multi-mans and kind of tag situations always get the best of them. Like you said, this time they were like, nope, not this time. This time we're going to fight through. We're not going to fall for the tricks. We're not going to fall for the whiskey and the highs. And we're, we're going to fight back. And I like the Strong X as the, their new finisher. Not that there was anything wrong with 3K, but Strong X to me is also a much better, more devastating looking finisher. So, yeah, good good stuff. That's what I love about New Japan, the amount of matches that are won with alternative finishers. So mm -hmm. rare in the WWE. Like, you know... Sammy Zayn does that blue thunder bomb, but I swear to God, he's never won a match with it. But he always yeah. gets two count, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, it'd be great if he wrestled a job in one night and he did it and he actually won a match. So you could at least be like, okay, at least one time when he did it, he won. So you could take it seriously when he gets in a big spot and he pulls it out late in the match. Yeah, that's the difference in style. WWE is like McDonald's. They they know people come expecting a thing, and they give you that same thing 
no matter where you are in the world every time and New Japan, I guess, is more like your local diner where depending on who's back there cooking, your burger might be a little bit different and it, it, it's not always the same and you get more of that variety. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, Taguchi comes out and he talks with Rocky Romero who was at ringside and uh, Taguchi says he wants to shout at those uh, junior tag team titles. He says that Rocky isn't a manager, that he's a great wrestler, and they should team up together and challenge for those championships. 3K begs Rocky not to do it, but Rocky says he wants the title shot. Yo feels betrayed, but he says they need to surpass Rocky, and they will accept. So is Rocky Romero about to be on the business end of a 3K heel turn? I don't, I don't know if it's so much a heel turn as the idea that obviously Rocky is their manager. Um, with Liger retiring, I'm, I'm thinking Rocky is the guy who has the most IWGP Junior title reign. So I think it's what I did that Rocky's basically the Junior title specialist with Forever Hooligans and. Rapunky Vice with Trent and then now Magic 3K so it's the idea that the students are trying to surpass the teachers. Yep, I but I mean they they could turn on them. We could have a or we could have like a Okada ghetto situation where they like yeah we, we don't need you anymore Rocky and Rocky turns on them I don't know but <laughs> I think it's just like the idea and obviously Taguchi he too is a, a highly decorated junior and single tag team. So I think it's just the idea that Rocky and Taguchi represent that older generation along with Tiger Mass of junior heavyweights and 3K is like the new hot act. So they want to show and prove that we're on the level of our mentors. And obviously it too is a payoff from the junior tag tournament. So showing that hey, the tag tournament's actually better in booking now because the mega coaches beat 3K. So, here's their title shot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Taguchi and Rocky, definitely. <laughs> their matches are definitely entertaining. And now them being very serious going for this title match against 3K, I know they're going to have a lot of tricks up their sleeves that they feel like they can pull on the younger, less experienced team of Rapungi 3K. But maybe the young guys have some tricks up their sleeve too, and they can use their speed and athleticism and youth to thwart the veterans. So I really like the contrast and styles that this match is going to provide. Yeah, it, it should have a lot of heat because coaches are really popular. That was one of the standouts of the junior tag team last year's how good of a team Taguchi and Rocky were and how much the Japanese crowd like really likes them as a parent and, and really respects both of them. So, yep, it should be very interesting and very fun. Moving on to another eight-man tag team match. David Finley, Juice Robinson, Tanahashi, and Kota Ibushi took on Chase Owens, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and the Ujiro. Ibushi breaks up the Magic Killer, followed by the Kendo Stick shot by Jado. Tanahashi makes the comeback on Gorillas of Destiny, hitting the Sling Blades. 
Jado nails Tanahashi with the kendo stick, but Tanahashi counters ape shit into a cradle on Tonga Loa, and that provides the pin. So Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, David Finley, and Juice Robinson are victorious. But the bigger picture is Tanahashi got a pin on one of the tag team champions. And you know what that means. Mm-hmm. They're going to get pushed to the front of the line for a title match coming up real soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi as so much um, more juice to the tag team division in New Japan. Just well, that one yeah. team. <laughs> From where we were, like at the end of like World Tag League, going like they need to do something with this tag division because it's gone down real quick in the last like year. But now, oh man, did those two guys in there? It has definitely picked up a lot of steam. Yeah, I mean they're two main event stars, like and they like I said, it doesn't seem like oh well, let's go as a tag team. It seems like. They really want those tag titles. Obviously, if you watch New Japan, you know how much Abushi versus Tanahashi. Like, that's literally like his guy. He worships him. So I'm sure he's like just ecstatic of getting the team with his hero. And yeah, Tana seems to get that extra little bit of motivation from the team with Abushi. So yeah, they're, they're a nice pair. Like, they had a cute little moment. Where uh, while Bushi was doing his backstage promo, Tano was kind of hiding behind the, the little plant shirt they have back there, listening <laughs> to Bushi. And Bushi didn't see him, and well, when Kota walked off, Tano just looked at the camera and smiled. So yeah, like I said, I, I, I like I said, and I I like that kind of like wholesome like bond like kind of dude crush they have going. And yeah, they they should be a a very good team. Uh, the funniest thing on this show was uh, Tanahashi's hair. You, 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 yeah, the hairstyle he had, right? And Kevin Kelly and uh, Gino Gambino's like, "Oh, look at Tanahashi's hair!" And Kevin Kelly's like, "Yeah, it looks spectacular." And Gino's like, "It looks like he's about to ask to see the manager." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that was like kind of forty, like. White lady haircut, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely went went a little crazy with the the poofiness. Or he looked like kind of one of those like rich person like dogs that they go oh, fancy yeah. dogs on. Yeah, the poodles, but, that yeah, they, uh, they tease their hair up. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I, I do like that. That and again, another nice thing about New Japan is the the commentators fill their roles but they also like it seems like Gino, Rocky, Chris, Kevin like they like each other they have real conversations like real people they're not just like oh let's bring up whatever talking point that's it they they have organic conversations like that and it, it adds to the show definitely does definitely does uh, the Bullet Club they attack Tanahashi after the match but Ibushi makes the save, and he's able to run them off. Now we have another version of Chaos versus uh, Suzuki Gun in the form of Okada and Will Ospreay versus Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Taichi hits the Axe Bomber on Okada, 
The pants come off and the buzzsaw axe kick follows. The backdrop driver follows for a two count. The last ride is countered as Osprey hits a hook kick. The Oz cutter and the Sasuke special connects. And then the Rainmaker from Okada lands on Taichi. And Okada and Will Osprey get the win. Lots of fun in this match. The Dangerous Techers. Mm-hmm. They could be a real serious tag team uh, in the tag team division if they put them together full time and they went on a uh, a title, you know, hunt. I would really like to see that. Yeah, I mean, Zach mentioned it in the post match. He's kind of like, yeah, all we go to the tag titles, you know, forget about Kyler and all that. Like, that. let's go up to the tag titles. And yeah, they, they are a, a, a real good team because I was one of those people when they didn't do the raw pro team of Suzuki and Zach, I was kind of like, oh, that's disappointing. But Taichi and Zach have shown that they're a pretty effective team. I, I like them. I like their batter. They, they seem like legitimately like each other and be friendly. So, yeah, hopefully. Now for the special challenge match. Sonata took on Jay White. Sonata hits a rough-looking sliced bread. We get a sleeper suplex by Jay White. We hit the Jay White then hits the Regal Plex for a two-count. The Blade Runner connects, and Sonata is pinned, and Jay White is victorious. To me, this match never really got to the next next level. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the basically the synopsis of both of their careers right now it's like it was a good match don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. the expectation was for something a little bit more and <coughs> didn't reach it no nah, I, I think part of the problem is kind of the styles class but really more the personalities class because jay's white whole thing is drawing heat he, he works best with really over baby faces who the crowd adores so Every little dastardly thing he does gets large booze and people like Sonata. They're waiting for him to break out, but he he doesn't really have that commanding personality. He's a pretty chill, mellow guy. He doesn't talk that much. He seems pretty shy and reserved. And with Jay White, you, you need that. You need somebody like Okada or Bushi or Tanahashi or Will. For the crowd to really be like, come on. And yeah, you, you were missing that. Like, it, it didn't feel like Sonata, like, really fought. Like, it was like, yeah, Jay White got him, hit the blade run. That was it. Like, there was never that moment where it's like, all right, Sonata's pissed off now. He's, he's going to fight back. Babyface fire. Like, he, maybe it's because he's not a New Japan trainee who's trained in all Japan. He's missing that element. That kind of like New Japan babyface, like strong style fire. But yeah, right. like you said, it, it was a good match. But you, you based on these guys' talent level, you you would expect more. And then Sonata, when he's he basically has his best matches with either guys who can fly, like a Bushi or Will, or with like technical guys, guys who can really wrestle, like Zach or Tana or Okada. And, like, Jay White, for all his, like, technical precision, like, he, he's not, like, that Mac guy. That's kind of, even though people compare him to Triple H, that's kind of the difference. Jay White is 
more about, like I said, playing to the crowd and then big, like, impact for moves. Like, his Saito suplex is always like, whoa. Every time he hits it, it looks completely devastating. So, yeah, it just it's just a personality and styles clash. Now, this next match did not have that problem. It nope. was the IWGP <laughs> Junior Heavyweight title match between Hiromu and Ryu Lee. Let me just first state this. After not wrestling, this was the matchup that produced a broken neck for Hiromu. Not, it, it, this is a, what is it's like fourth match in like 18 months. First, uh, uh, second singles match, but first as the junior heavyweight champion for the second time. If you thought that these two who have uh, just a long history of matches, as you can watch from Japan to Mexico, if you thought that they were going to reduce their style, be a little bit safer, take out some spots, don't do, don't play the hits. You were wrong. Yep. Because in the first like seven minutes of this match, Dragon Lee sits Hiromu up on the rail, gets in the ring, runs, does a suicide dive over the floor onto Hiromu, who's sitting on the rail, and both of these people crash over that, over the table, and they're in like the second row. And it's like, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay, you two haven't learned anything. <laughs> Nope. I mean, well, hell, let's talk about the first three minutes where literally they like chop the other. shit out of each other. And, I, and these weren't soft chops. These were like Ishigo type chops where they were like going full force, like as hard as I can, I'm going to smack you in the chest for three straight minutes. Yeah, it, these guys are insane. Like, like I said on Twitter, it's a good thing they're both young. They're both what? And they're like mid-20s because, whew, good guy. So later oh, on. I'm in, mad, man. Yeah, later on in the match, the Blu-ray connects and the time bomb is countered and Dragon Lee cradles Hiromu for a two count. The running knee strike follows and Dragon Lee gets another two count. And then he hits another knee strike. Hiromu is able to hit a destroyer and the time bomb. And that only gets a two count. We get the huge layer by Hiromu. And then another time bomb, and he pins Ryu Lee to successfully defend the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. This that match was just ridiculous, man. So good. Yeah, just this is like I said that some people might not like this kind of frenetic style, but this was it at its height. And like you said, it wasn't just flippy moves like. They, they, that's the element of New Japan that I think kind of separates their junior heavyweights from any other company is you do still have those elements of strong style, you do still have that spiking, like Dragon Lee and his knees, whoo, that running knee of his is my god <laughs> absolutely devastating definitely and, I don't like to single out matches because you know it draws mm-hmm. me and people get their content taken away but I may have to put that link up so people can go back and watch some of these matches from these new uh, these uh, new beginning cards because 
Yeah. Because these like final three matches of this mm-hmm. one from last Sunday, man, they got down. They did. And yeah, like I said, and these guys just had that special kind of chemistry. They they they're basically probably gonna be rivals their whole career. They, they they both mentioned in their post-match interviews, like, literally, they said they love each other. Like, Dragon Lee was like, I'm I'm sad I lost, but I'm so happy you're back, Karoma. Like, I love you. You're like my brother. Like, let's do this again sometime. Karoma was like, yeah, that was great, Dragon Lee, but let, let's wait like a year. My body needs time to heal. <laughs> but let's definitely wrestle again, but not for a year because my body cannot take it. Plus, I got to... Literally, the whole junior division is coming out to my head. But, yeah, these, these guys, they just... That sounds, that sounds like the deals that uh, Naito and Kota Ibushi need to make with each other. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they, they really wrestled do. Twice last... a, they wrestled twice in, like, four months last year. Yeah. And that's too much. Yeah. yeah. That is too much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like... Yeah, like you said, it was basically all their hits. They did the knee strike, the coup de gras on the apron to the floor. And yeah, just, just pure action and adrenaline, hard hitting. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have John Moxley. Taking on Minoru Suzuki, he's defending his United States heavyweight title. We get a chair shot by Moxley, and Suzuki starts firing the fuck up, and he's smiling because, of course, he loves the violence. DDT uh, to the chair by Moxley as the ref got knocked down, uh, trying to stop them. Uh, They fire up, and they trade strikes. Moxley just laughs at Suzuki. They go crazy fist. Moxley hits a huge lariat. The Death Rider follows onto the chair. And Suzuki is finally done as John Moxley defends and retains the IWGP United States Heavyweight title. So, sir, before we talk about the post-match, just talk about your first thoughts, first and foremost, on the match. Uh, These two... This was the match I was looking forward to the most when the card got mm-hmm. announced. And they did not disappoint me. No, they did not. Like it it was a brawl. These these two were, like I said, like uh whoever you want to name, kind of from the older generation brawlers, like Stan Hansen, Terry Funk, Bruiser Brody, that kind of like wrestler that just like, yeah, they just beat the hell out of each other and that, that's what they did. Like, chairs. Suzuki did his typical thing with the guardrail where he just tries to maul you with it. And, like, my favorite part, honestly, was when they got in the ring and they were just trading strikes. And Moxley was, like, just hitting Suzuki with forearms and he was just laughing, like, come on, John. Come mm-hmm. on, John, boy. <laughs> and just doing that anime villain laugh that he has. And, even like after the match was over, just Suzuki laying on the ground with a with a smile on his face, just like yes, that that's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, like and, and again, like this this is what Moxley said he wanted to leave the other company for was to be his true self and to not have restrictions and do the kind of matches he wants. And yeah, this 
Like you said, this is the match I was most looking forward to, and it did not disappoint. This, this was a flat-out war. They, they just beat the crap out of each other. After the match, Zack Sabre Jr. attacks John Moxley. He lays him out with the Rare Pro Championship. He puts him in some type of chokehold, chokes him out, and stand, throws the belt down on him and stands tall. That was a good piece of business right there. My man. Yeah. And very, and a very interesting styles class. We're, we're going to see how good Mr. Moxley is because we know how great Zach is because this is definitely a styles class. Like I said with the wheel match, Zach, he can strike, but obviously with his frame, Zach is, is not built for long striking contests. He's built on getting to the floor, tap you out. But Moxley is shown like he's a tough SOB. Like nobody's managed to really put him down in New Japan so far. So that that is going to be interesting. And it's also interesting Zach going after the U.S. title because you would think he would go after the double champion or maybe one of the other belts. But then again, Suzuki is his mentor, so it, it makes sense in that way. So uh, yeah, that. I can't wait whenever that match is going to happen. Man, that should be very interesting, Zack Sabre and Moxley. Now it's time for the main event. The IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion Naito defends both titles against Kenta. The Bullet Club arrives with Kenta. They shove down Red Shoes, so Red Shoes tosses them all to the back. So the match goes on, a lot of hard hitting, a lot of stalling from Kenta in the beginning. Um, just really healing it up. But we get going and uh, we get a part where Kenta exposes the turnbuckle. And that plays a big part as later in the match, Kenta shoots Naito into the exposed turnbuckle and cradles him with the tights for a two count. Well, after Naito kicks out from that cradle, when his face comes back up, he is Busted wide open from that exposed turnbuckle. We get a Busako knee by Kenta, and that gets a two count. Kenta exposes the knee. The GTS is countered into the Poison Rana. The Valencia from Naito follows for a two count. The Destino connects, and Naito gets the pin, and he retains both titles over Kenta. Dirty... Dirty, dirty is that uh, exposed turnbuckle shot. Yeah, like, yeah, Naito was bleeding pretty bad. I think he said he had to get like eight staples and like a few stitches. Like, yeah, that was, but it added to the match. I mean, this was built up like a, a gross match. Like, it, I wasn't expecting like your typical, like, Okada, like, you know, 30 minute. Great wrestling match type of IWGP title match from this because that, that's not what the bill was. The bill was is these guys hate each other, and this was a match of two guys who hate each other. So, like, yeah, that, that's what I will say. I know some people, this, this wasn't their kind of match, but, yeah. I, I dug the hell out of it. Like I said, I, I'm liking Naito so far. As you, you know who those champ. people were? The people who've gotten used to Okada being a champion and watching 30-minute epics, 45-minute yeah. epics. 
But I mean, again, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just giving you a hard time, man. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I, but if you're gonna have a champion post Okada to me, that's why. Even though I, I didn't think he was gonna win, I thought Abushi was gonna win uh, the Tokyo Dome. It makes sense to make Naito the champ because if, if you're gonna have somebody be champ post Okada, they have to be a completely different kind of champion personality wise. They have to have different style of matches and you have to build new feuds like Kenta brought up in his like kind of post match stuff building up this match he's like you people who saying I don't deserve this title shot like it's like okay what you guys want the same four guys fighting over this belt forever like like we kind of need to open things up a little bit because Okada had pretty much ran through the heavyweight title division. So right. like I said, I I I like I'm liking the the difference that Naito is bringing to the table. Where it's like, yeah, you know, IWGP champion matches don't always have to be beautiful epics. Sometimes they could be ugly wars that are sometimes as long as certain points, but ultimately it pays off because. The fans were into it, especially in Japan, and it, it, it delivered what I thought was a pretty damn good match. Like Osaka Joe is definitely Naito country. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they they fucks with him heavy. Now there are some places like I think mm-hmm. like Goku. They don't really fuck with Naito like that. Yeah, but. Fucking Osaka Joe Hall, yeah, they all about some Naito, man. So they yeah. get, they get ruckus. They like stomp their feet and shit when his matches uh, get going really good, man. It's always cool to watch a uh, Naito wrestle in Osaka. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for for all the talk of you know Kenta possibly being dismissed from his time in the E, like obviously, yeah, he's not the Kenta he was, you know, in the mid two thousands and Noah, but. He's older, but like I said, his, his kick still looks brutal. He still can do that double foot stomp and that delayed drop kick. Like the GTS still looks good. Like he 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 has a firm understanding of his role in this company and who he is as a wrestler. And unlike what I think more wrestlers should realize, he knows what he can't do, but he knows what he can still do really well. And yeah, I'm. I'm Liking Kenta's addition to the Bullet Club, he definitely plays to his strengths. Um, him and Jay White together, just man, they got so much heat, it's ridiculous. Um, so I really like the direction that they're going, trying to maybe position Kenta as kind of like the 1A in the Bullet Club now, yeah, uh, with his status, uh, right next to Jay White. Really like the direction they're going. After the match, Naito says he wants his next match to be against Hiromu. Hiromu arrives and accepts. He says Naito took him under his wing and taught him wrestling. You told me we'd have a match one day, and there could be no other answer than yes. So I think that is what new, not the anniversary show. I think is when the New Japan yeah yeah it's the anniversary junior champion yep because so. they've done it before it was what what was it Will and Okada mm-hmm. and I think they might have done Kushida against like Okada or Tanahashi yeah, or yeah I think it was Tanahashi anniversary show 
think it was yeah at the anniversary show before so yeah that that's kind of the tradition and i i like them bringing up the history which i didn't know that like yeah like i mean obviously out of all the factions in new japan lij feels the most like a family like really they you know, like the other ones kind of sometimes feel like they're friends or sometimes they just feel like a collection of guys. But Elijah feels like the, a family. I like the whole idea that Naito is like basically Hiromo's like he's what Tanahashi is to Bushu. That's what right. Naito is to Hiromo. The guy he wants to be when he gets older, like his idol, his God, the person he worships and kind of like, yeah, Naito's the one who gave him advice when he went on excursion and helped him in the dojo and when he was struggling. So yeah, it should be a, a very interesting match. Uh, I hope Naito gets pretty a lot of R&R and uh, some massages <laughs> and stuff because his poor neck and back wrestling Hiromu because we know Hiromu's not going back. So yeah, hopefully they both get some rest in between there, which they usually do. LIJ got Seth Rashingo and Rome will usually take it easy in the tag matches. So, yeah, it should be an interesting match. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I like the idea. New Japan probably isn't going to do it. But I do like the idea that Naito said, like, yeah, I, I'll even put the heavyweight title on the line. I don't care. I think you're worthy, Hiromu. So, like I said, with the white New Japan books and their kind of traditions, philosophy, it probably won't be for the title, but I do still like the idea that, yeah, Naito is trying to make this, like, this isn't just like some exhibition. They're going out there to have a great match, and Naito doesn't look down on Hiromu because he's a junior. He's like, you're a wrestler. You might be smaller than me, but we're both wrestlers. We're both champions, so let's go out there, give the people a show. Let's get it done. Now, they have four straight nights coming up next week, the 19th, the 20th, the 21st, and the 22nd. We're going to have Terry's boy give us a rundown of the major matches uh, that are going to take place. The 19th is the last official night that Taiga Hattori will be a New Japan official. So he's going to be retiring officially after this event. And then I think on the 20th is going to be Nakanishi's official final match as well. Plus these other matches that Terry Boy is going to tell us about right now. Uh, yeah, the Nakanishi retirement show is mainly just tag matches. The main event is Goto, Ishii, and Akato against the LIJ guys, Naito, Shingo, and Sonata. And then it's Abushi and Tanahashi and Colt and Yano against the Bullet Club. So a lot of tag matches, but the 20th is where things get interesting. We've got the mega coaches, Rocky Romero and Taguchi, the Buck King, against showing Yo, reporting 3K in their second defense. And we have what should be absolutely fire, Shingo against Ishii for the Never Open <laughs> title. So uh, another big guy is just beating the crap out of each other. So that, that should be absolutely incredible. And I, I think showing you against the mega coaches, they'll be working to deliver a great match. So that should be very good. Then the 21st, 
We have a never six-man title, which was set up on the Corrigan show, where we had the LIJ guys against, what was it, Goto Ishii, and I forget. Kokabana. And Evil, yeah. Well, no, I'm saying this match was set up uh, in that match where you had the Chaos guys against LIJ. Well, after that match, Yano came out and stole the never <laughs> open titles and said, yeah, I'm not giving them back to you. Give us a shot. So in the home event of this show, we have L.I.J., Bushi, Evil, and the double never champ, Shingo, against a team I'm called the, the Kings of Comedy. We got Taguchi, we got Coke <laughs> Cabana, and we got Yano. So that is going to be interesting because all three of those guys – you know, if you follow them, can actually wrestle and have great matches, but they also do lean on comedy. So it's going to be interesting. Is this going to be a comedy match? Are they going to wrestle for real? Is it going to be a mix? So it should be interesting, especially since Evil Bushi and Shingo have said, like, yeah, we know these six-man titles have kind of been worthless. So we want to try and elevate them and make them worthwhile titles. And then Cutting off the previous shows, we have an IWGP Tag Team Championship match on New Japan already. Giving people what they want in the tag division, we got uh, yeah, the, the team of the, the Aces, the A-Stars or whatever you want to call them. Golden Abushi Aces. Kana. Yeah, Golden Aces. I like that. Golden Aces. Abushi um, and Hiroshi Tanahashi against the defending champs, the G.O. Mother F&D. Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of good things happening uh, those four nights in a row. Um, I don't know. I've got a lot of work and stuff scheduled, so I'll probably be cherry picking mm-hmm. around. I'll probably be skipping maybe the preliminaries and just getting straight to the to the meat of the matter on those nights. But yeah, I'm looking forward to all those title matches. Uh, that they got yeah. planned, uh, some really strong, and, and also I like the way how New Japan gives different titles a chance to be the main event. Yeah, and some of these smaller uh, little shows that they do, it's not always like you know every show ends with a world title main event. Sometimes it's the six yeah. man t- main event. Sometimes it's the tag team titles main event. Sometimes it's a junior title main event. So it gives a little bit of variety. Yeah, mixes up and like gives the other title matches more time and yeah, like some nice variety. Because especially with March coming up, I mean, if you if you want the same matches, the New Japan Cup is right around the corner. So yeah, I like them going immediately because you know sometimes in the past New Japan would set up matches, but then it would be like months. Like last year, like look. From the time they set it up to the time we actually got the match, how long they built up Suzuki and Liger, which was right. a great match, but it's like, yeah, they set it up and then there was months in between, and then we built it back up again. So I, I like that they're immediately going back to these things that they're setting up, especially with I gotta imagine they got a bunch of new subscribers on World with the the Double Dome show. So I, I like them being like, hey. Let's try and retire some of these people and give them some shows to watch and not just treat this period between the Dome and the New Japan Cup as, like, not meaningless, but not as important. Let's let's do some good shows and some good matches. 
All right. All in all, your final thoughts on the uh, Osaka Joe Hall New Beginning show that took place on the 9th. A uh, great show. Like, I feel like, I mean, I haven't been watching New Japan that long, only about the last, like, five or so years, but it it felt like well above what we usually get from New Beginning shows. Like, it, it felt really memorable. Like, there maybe wasn't that, like, instant match that clicks out to you other than maybe Zack and Will and Romo and Ryu Lee is like, oh, match of the year already, but it, it Every match was built up well. Most of the matches delivered, like we said, except for the ones we mentioned. And yeah, like really, really entertaining shows. And I, I would say definitely the show on the ninth. Go and check out. I, I would even watch some of the prelim shows on that match. But definitely, like you said, Don, those last four matches. It, I mean, obviously, we would prefer you pay for New Japan World. But hey, I get it. Money is tight. So, you know. Anyway, you can watch those matches. I would say God your way <laughs> to watch them. They are well worth it. They were great matches. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it feels like, like I said before, New Japan doesn't have that low period that they usually do. They're, they're building off the dome and trying to basically keep their momentum through the whole year. So I'm liking it. They announced that on August 22nd, that they're going to be coming back to MSG. That is going to be a very interesting night because that is the same night that uh, NXT is going to be running takeover Mm -hmm. from Boston that same night. So some head-to-head competition uh, with NXT and New Japan. So wrestling fans are going to have a big choice. They want to go see New Japan again in MSG. Or do they want to travel up to Boston and check out that uh, NXT SummerSlam uh, takeover card? Uh, both are going to be awesome. I'm putting that out in the air like six months before they happen. <laughs> um, but let's put that, let's let's put that to the test. If you have one ticket, you can yeah. only go one to one. Which one would you choose? No, oh, man. I guess just by virtue of me never being at a New Japan show live, I would pick the MSG show because Okada and Will and a bunch of guys have said, like, yeah, this this ain't going to be like some of our American shows, guys. We're going to try and make a – I think – I can't remember if it was Will or Okada said they're, this is going to be like a Wrestle Kingdom, like Dominion, like New Japan big show level card, so – which is going to be interesting because at least one of their champions we know, unless he loses his belt, will not be able to be on that show, which is Moxley, unless Zach beats him whenever they have that match. So I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do in terms of main events and the undercard. But it, 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 I'm, like you said, I'm excited, and obviously NXT is always great. So yeah, it should be a hot summer, and that's <laughs> and I like New Japan using because they also announced those additional shows in Japan. I like New Japan using that time. Like okay, the G1 is starting later this year because the Olympics. So let's let's try and use that time wisely and do some different shows and do some shows we might not normally do and do some big shows outside of Japan and 
like I said, kind of take advantage and build up the brand, which they need without a TV deal in this country right now. So I, I like it. And hopefully, like Anwar mentioned on Twitter, hopefully we, we also, they bring their, Bouchereau brings their sister promotion stardom, and they hopefully get a show as well that weekend. And I think it would be a nice, like, cross-promotion opportunity. So, yeah, should be some, some good stuff coming this summer. Yeah, big things are going on for New Japan. Uh, they're definitely trying to make a much bigger inroads into the United States. They got to find a TV deal, though, because they're not on access yeah. anymore. So that's going to be, I guess, their next big thing that they mm-hmm. uh, work towards finding a place where they can get their content shown here in America and hopefully have it on a uh, more current basis. Uh, you know, new, uh, Access did their best, but they were still at best like a month behind. Uh, yeah. they were showing people so uh, hopefully they can get more of a current uh, TV deal here in America where they can share their things maybe at the next day or something for their big events and I have to do all the post production since they do have Kevin Kelly and the American team there now they don't have to do all that stuff with JR and the post production yeah well, yeah that, that is the convenient part is like yeah you can literally just take the commentary like I said just slice up the like this last show, just slice up the four big matches for commercials and all that, and yeah, just literally just use Kevin Kelly and Rocky and Gino and Chris, just use the American commentators they already have, and just like I said, just slice it however you need to for commercials, and yeah, just present it as currently as you can. Yeah, and I think that would do a much better job. Uh, because, I mean, you know, live events is cool and it gives you the, the current, the, the instant cash and the money and stuff from the gates and everything like that. But in America, more people see you through TV than actually coming to one place to see you. And if you don't have a major television uh, right now as a wrestling company that big in America, you're just really spinning your, your wheels in essence, you know. Yeah, like that's that's the difference between this country and like Mexico and Japan. Mexico and Japan are still working on that 80s model where merch and live gates is what makes the money. Whereas in this country, like you said, if, you, if you're not getting pay-per-view buys or you don't have a TV deal, you're kind of fighting against the inevitable. You, you can't be financially viable in this country. That's why AEW doesn't do live shows. They only do pay-per-view and the TV show because that's where the money is in this country. So, yeah. yeah they, they have three ways that they make money. AEW Dark being on YouTube and in the first week, the first viewing, it got like 300,000 viewers. So, it put mm-hmm. them automatically in the ad thing for them. And then, like you said, TV, which had, they got the extension, so they got more money with the extension, and then the pay-per-views, which have been pretty strong. And have mm-hmm. been like, the, the instead of coming in that, hey, we're a new company, yeah, we're going to do like $35 pay-per-views. They're like, nah, we're going to hit you for the 50 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but if they keep delivering, like Revolution looks like a pretty strong card. They keep delivering, like basically like, we're going to do them like takeovers where we do them quarterly and they're like really big shows. I, 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 like I said, I think it can work. And like I said, if, if money's a little tight, you can always do like the boxing thing. UFC, have a fight party, invite your friends. You know, that's kind of, 
I know with the internet and all this, wrestling can sometimes be a solitary habit, but you know, that that's what these things are kind of about, getting to know people and having fun with your friends. And yeah, you're right. Kind of getting out a little bit, so yeah. That's what the live tweets are for, man, to try to make it mm-hmm. more of a community yeah. aspect because there's got to be more people than just us watching New Japan, but they don't maybe be afraid to talk about it or don't know where to talk about it. Right, exactly, yeah. And I, that's why I appreciate this podcast and other shows out there in the New Japan podcast community. Because, yeah, especially for people of color, yeah, like you said, it could be hard. Like, well, I want to talk about New Japan, but I don't know anybody. And obviously, Chris especially does a good job on the English commentary of, like, let me explain to you in a brief second, like, the history of these two wrestlers and why they're fighting besides just great wrestlers and yeah so uh hopefully they can find a partner it's, it's just so tough because because wwe has had no competition so long tv advertises and all that when they think wrestling they just think wwe so you kind of need somebody thinking outside the box like hey there's this great japanese wrestling product maybe we should think of that because i think most tv execs on the top of their head gonna be like Japanese wrestling, like why? Why would we pick that up? Hmm. We can't get Vince's thing, but yeah, hope, hopefully they get somebody in the office who has those connections. Well, at this point, Mister Terry's boy, I'm gonna turn it over to you, man, to give some shout outs and thank yous. And again, once again, I'm gonna start the shout outs by just thanking you for joining me coming in out of the bullpen uh, to do this episode, but the floor is yours, sir, for your shout-outs and thank-yous. Uh, uh, yeah, shout-out to you, shout-out to Cast of Strong Style, thanks for having me on, I'm happy to help and come discuss these shows, shout-out to Anwar, hope you get well soon, brother. Um, and yeah, just Madam Lavazette and you know, all the people who do tweet, you know, and the community, we appreciate it, and uh, just, just happy to have some people talking New Japan with. And, uh, yeah, just shout out to all the people. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we kept you entertained. And, uh, yeah. Again, I'd like to thank Mr. Terry's boy for being my guest this week. I'd like to thank Anwar Starwin. Uh, I'll reiterate the statement that Terry's boy said, get well soon. Uh, can't wait to talk to you uh, again on the upcoming four nights in a row. We'll just do those big matches and get some thoughts on what these other matches from Anwar. Give a big shout out to my uh, listeners of the WrestleCast who also listen to Cast of Strong Style. Definitely appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Madam Lizette, Miss Elisa, uh, also, Jupiter Julep, uh, thank you ladies so very much for following the show. Remember, use the hashtag CastTheStrongStyle to share your commentary with color on all things New Japan for wrestling. And uh, I'll just say it for my special co-host, Mr. Terry's Boy, I'm Don DeLaRente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. <laughs> Cast, cast, strong, 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 strong.